Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Box 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 podcast. Uh, I'm your host today, Ben Perez, and I'm joined again with my brother, Nicholas. What's up, guys? Hey, well, um, we're just going to hop right into it. Today, we are going to talk about the race in Azerbaijan. What were your initial thoughts after everything that went down? <laughs> there was a lot, obviously, that went down today, but... I thought it was a good race. I was expecting more red flags, but in the end, it was a good race. Saw some overtakes, not as many as I was expecting, but still a good race from everyone today. Um, Hamilton's back problems, making him look like an old man. Mm -hmm. Fernando doing Fernando things. Um, the whole squabble between um, Ricardo and Norris was just, it was, it was an interesting interesting day today mm -hmm. and then the elephant in the room the ferrari engines just dying today oh poor magnuson poor magnuson so sad yeah all of the all but two two ferrari engines yeah. made it to the line so it was botas and magnuson no botas and mick oh yeah botas and mick, mick didn't bend it this week what? Yes, no, he didn't bid it, but he did qualify behind Lance Stroll, who <laughs> crashed out in Q1 this, this week. Yeah, but um, Joe was on for a really good race today, but that was just so unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, it sucked that all the Ferraris went down. I, was, I know I was screaming, no, 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 uh, when Leclerc's... Leclerc's thing went through. So Leclerc's like, oh. busted on the straight, though. That's the thing. It was like an odd place for it to bust because it was right out of turn, like the two S's at the end of the lap, and it just kerplunk. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mick had his that busted on the little straight too, around the his section that his Ferrari and Matt Magnuson was Magnuson. Yeah, his engine crapped out on a straight area too. Yeah, but it's just, it's funny because the Red Bull already had their engine woes at the start of the season, and now um, it's Ferrari's turn, I guess. Yeah, so I mean, it, it has been unfortunate that the Ferrari engines have seen this level of unreliability and... I, you were even talking about this earlier with Batas that he's already taken his third engine. So any more engine replacements that he has on the season are going to give him a grid place penalty. Yeah, it's Botas, and then this is Leclerc's engine only lasted a race, one race. Because did he change it out in before Monaco? Yeah, he blew it out because he blew it out in Spain. One race in Monaco, which isn't a very high power track. Mm -hmm blew it out again yes okay so very very high unreliability from ferrari and which uh, that's crazy because they had such good reliability from the get-go mm -hmm. that that was one of their big things over the red bulls was their reliability and they were able to finish every single race but now that that has not happened it's like you're stuck as a ferrari fan i feel like at least you're in an interesting position, and even for Matteo Benatton, or I butchered his name, but they were interviewing... Matteo Benatto. Yeah. You were they, close. They were interviewing him after Leclerc DNF'd, and you just 
was shocked and confused. Mm-hmm. But then immediately after they got done interviewing him, Joe just is dungeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very unfortunate for all of the Ferrari powered cars today. So I think you hit on one thing that we thought we were going to see a lot more of, which were red flags. We got a few virtual virtual safety, safety cars, but nothing, no safety cars out onto the track. No one shoving it into the barriers. Everyone was able to make a runoff if they were able to, which was uh-huh. good for racing. Um, I I had no problems with the well, runoff. Stroll had, a, had an amazing save. Or no, um, what, why am I? Vettel. Vettel had an amazing save. He was going to bend it into the wall, and then he found the runoff and then did a quick, quick spin, mm-hmm. which just oozed of just a pro, just an old, old timer. Mm-hmm. I just went in the runoff and just spun around and was back on track. Bringing out the veteran experience, it was much better than signs because we initially, when we saw signs go off the track, we, we thought, thought it was because of him just taking too much speed into the corner. Uh-uh. Well, and behold, they show that replay, and, and you just hear the drop in the engine, <laughs> and it's like, ah, no, not again, because he's had a he's lot had a of rough bad, year. Bad luck just in general, just his. Well, because it's such in contrast from last year, because last year he had last year he had such a good year. People thought he was like the dark horse outperforming Leclerc. And now to come back in it, it's just Mm -hmm. not lined up for him. Yeah, because he's been consistently the fourth best driver at the top of the grid, but Mm -hmm. behind Verstappen, Leclerc and then probably Perez and Sainz. And I think that's um, one of my big takeaways from this weekend was uh, I think we, I know myself, um, <laughs> got prisoner of the moment. We were like, oh, yes, our surname is back here. I bring in the pride of all the Perez's around the world. And he did have good pace because even at the start of the race, that run into turn one, getting off the line and taking just breaking late and taking that corner from Leclerc and putting his Red Bull at the front, um, maybe came in and cost him time and tire wear down the road because um, he eventually lost that to Verstappen with uh, Verstappen's fresher tires. But he ran a pretty good race until Max caught up to him. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that was one of the big takeaways that I had from the race as well. But overall, like I thought it was a clean race i thought it was a a good race it had drama not in the way that i thought it was going to be but Mm -hmm. there was a decent amount of overtakes and i don't know if that was just because the tv broadcast was showing more overtakes or there was just a lot more overtakes with the difference in cars and tires and track temperatures with the degradation well something that i noticed and this was just a personal thing is that Normally, when when a Verstappen or Leclerc takes like takes the lead of a race, they'll put on a gap, like a huge gap. Perez wasn't able to set that gap to Leclerc, so that was just something I noticed. Mm-hmm. But Max was able to set mm-hmm. that to Perez as soon as he got mm-hmm. got in, and maybe that was a combination of just Max being quicker during mm-hmm. the tire race wear, pace, tire wear, track education. Mm-hmm. But yes, Perez was not able to set that that pace. And this track should have been more beneficial to Red Bull 
just because of how many straights there are. And Red Bulls, historically this season, been much quicker on the straights than Ferrari has, because Ferrari is best through those slow to medium corners. Mm -hmm. Those are our general thoughts, but we'll get into um, a little bit more as we go through this podcast. Uh, so tell me, Nick, what are your three word race review for this race in Aja Bouchon? I'll just go you first, Ben. Three word race review? Yeah. Um, I haven't even thought about it right now. Uh, the three words that come to my mind with this Aja Bouchon race is, oh no, Ferrari. <laughs> So, oh no, Ferrari would be my three race word review. And I was, I was ex like livid when I was downstairs watching the race uh, with you this morning because um, Leclerc had taken the gamble, pitted early against Red Bull in that race because they knew that they didn't have the straight line pace to match them on the straights today, to match them on race day. Red Bull just had the quicker car. So they had to bank on their strategy being better and them lucking out and pitting under a safety car, hoping that one of the Red Bulls had the technical issues that theirs DNF'd and were able to steal a couple places. Um, Mercedes probably is the best person, the best team that has uh, been doing this this year because they've been able to take what hasn't been for Mercedes a great year but when everyone else is DNFing and not finishing the races they're there to just snatch up the points because they scored 32 points today with George Russell and Hamilton coming third and fourth the and Duke of consistency yes they are consistent their power units aren't dying like Red Bulls and Ferraris were at the beginning so Although they might not have the race pace that either of those cars have, they have been able to finish races and get the points when they're, they've needed them. So with Ferrari being the now hunters to Red Bull and Red Bull is just taking a massive lead with a double DNF. Um, and even when Red Bull was... I mean, because they're, they're almost 100 points ahead. It's 200 points for Ferrari, or 199 points for Ferrari, and 279 to Red Bull. Yeah, and even when, um, so like that gap's getting bigger, and it's partly getting bigger because even though when Red Bull was DNFing, wait, actually, no, they had a double DNF in the first race, first race of the season. Um, so it does equal out throughout the entire, entire year, but that double DNF is just, really tough and you just start losing points upon points because you get 25 plus uh 18 all of those points just go straight to to red bull and you're not even picking up the 32 points that you would have coming in third and fourth mm -hmm. um at worst case scenario so i think for looking forward to future races and looking forward to uh, the next race in montreal and the season just as a whole Ferrari needs to figure out what they're doing because without them, if they continue to have these, it's just going to be another uh, Ferrari-like season where you have all of these expectations at the beginning because they're coming out and they have a fast car, but because of the mechanical and reliability issues, they're just not able to compete for that world championship. 
Yeah, well, taking some time to think. Back problems and tape. Oh, you don't have a response to to my three. Oh, words. oh, I do. I do have a response. Um, uh, I mean, I agree with everything you're saying. I mean, just because Ferrari's done this before. This is a very Ferrari thing to do. That's why I, I said to you, uh, before yesterday and like two nights ago's podcast, mm-hmm. said Ferrari's gonna find a way to screw it up. <laughs> Whether whether that be strategy or their car just dying, Ferrari will find a way to screw it up. So what do you think is the biggest thing with Ferrari then? Like to fix the problems that they're having. To fix their problems, you got to pull in Gunter Steiner. Pull in Gunter? Yeah, you pull pull Gunter from Haas. You you call him up, send Matita to Haas. And then you you solve all your problems. (laughs) You, 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 you You get a brand new speedboat coming up to coming up to ferrari you don't screw up strategies like they put a hoss they put the hoss car in fifth place in the season open did magnus magnuson score points today uh he would have he was in top 10 yeah but then he lost that because i didn't because of a ferrari engine oh yes he did dnf he was one of the dnfers so so just uh get the stein Gunter Steiner boat. Get the Steiner ship, ship up there, and then all all problems are going to go. I mean, is it just his curly hair or his uh, Ray-Ban glasses? What? I'm not sure, but Ferrari is just disappointing because, like, you see them and you like want them to do good. It, it's very reminding me of 2018, 2019 with Vettel. It's just mm-hmm. it's sad. Yeah. Well, I think it's a mechanical reliability issue, and it's sh- shocking, maybe not the right word, but it's concerning, especially them having that much more time to prepare coming out of the 2021 season because they weren't competing with Red Bull and Mercedes at the top. So because they came lower in the constructors, they're having more time to do wind tunnel tests, to do reliability to check parts to make sure that everything's going to work like it should and to see these issues red bull seems to be on top of it and maybe it's just a part of it was a different section because they were having trouble with their hoses and piping for red bull this seems to be more of maybe an internal engine problem rather than just a a outside or a part problem yeah i mean it's just sad Oh, that's the same. Mm-hmm. On to my three-word racer. Okay. All right. Well, good listening. So, I'm glad <laughs> glad this back and forth banter. You were just being quiet and trying to respond while you were just like, "Oh, what a, what am I going to say today?" Well, I was trying to figure out my. Like, three I, words. I have my three words. Then <laughs> I have my three words. I really want to get to them. Will you please just shut up and let me get to you by three words? All right. Well, I thought my three words were creative. <laughs> All right. So now that now that I am done, what are what are your three word choices for today? Back problems and tape. Back problems, problems and no, we're using the and sign. I heard the ampersand. Yeah. Okay. Well, back problems and tape. So the reason why I picked these words were because. Um, Hamilton raced a great race and like they still were porpoising like crazy it looked painful to drive that car even from me sitting on my couch I was like oh 
that must be hurting. They said the taller a driver is, the more affected they are by the porpoising, so Yuki Sonoda is chilling. And speaking of Yuki Sonoda, his front, his back ring just split in half. And I was watching him, so he came into the pits um, like a lap before, and there looked to be like a string or something off of his rear wing. And I was like, huh, that looks odd. And then they go back to him a lap later, and his DRS flap is in two. Half of it's open, half of it's closed. So he's getting shown the black flag, black and orange flags to come in. And um, so eventually he wanders himself into the pits. He's confused. They change his tires. And then I'm like, oh, they're not going to, are they just going to DNF him? Or they're just using that for practice? And then you see the other mechanics run out with duct tape and just start <laughs> repairing the car, tape down three, and then just send him on his way. And the commentators are freaking out they're like that's not gonna hold and lo and behold it held it was just it, it made me chuckle <laughs> that they just ran and grabbed the tape <laughs> yeah yeah the commentators were freaking out about the duct tape that they just brought out they're like oh uh this is not fia sanctioned i would be scared as a driver that yuki sonoda's wings just gonna pop off and there's just gonna be debris all over the track um the duct tape did hold though so that that was a crazy moment, and it, it hurt his chances to get into the points because he was up there. Yuki was running a really solid. He race. was running a great race, all up until that happened. I mean, he would have finished inside the top ten. Yeah, he was projected to be inside the top ten before his pit and his duct tape incident. Well, I mean, he raced a good race, just unlucky. Mm -hmm. Yeah, him and Gasly both AlphaTaris raced a really good race today well because gasly i'm pretty sure he's fifth yeah mm -hmm. he's fifth yeah gasly came in fifth today interesting battle coming up in this midfield for constructors mm -hmm. what's the points looking at right now well so mercedes is in third with a 161 so they're still fighting for the world championship mclaren is at 65 points alpine is at 47 alfa romeo is at 41 and here's my interesting fact uh, Bodas has 40 of those 41 points. <laughs> hey, at least at least Guan Guanjo Yu has gotten one point for Alpha. He's he's that's more than Williams could have said last year. Yeah, um Alhatari is at 27 points. Haas is at 15. Ashton Martin also at 15. And Williams Racing is at three. Yeah, so it's a very close midfield battle. So out of the midfield, who do you, out of those lists that you had just mentioned, who do you think is going to come up in, uh, I guess, fourth, fifth? What are your three, four, five, six picks for the midfield? I think four is going to be Alpine. They just seem more consistent. And if you have two drivers working instead of just one, no offense to any Ricardo, but if you have three, if you have two drivers working instead of just one, I feel like that gap's going to be closed pretty quickly. I feel like AlphaTauri has shown pictures of like glimpses of it, but I think McLaren's going to be five, and then um, Alfa Romeo. If Joe keeps on his pace that he's been on, I really think that they will be fighting McLaren for that fifth spot, really. But I think they'll end up losing out. All right, so restate your top. Top three again. So I got Alpine, McLaren, Alfa Romeo. Okay. I I think that I'm going to have faith in 
than Rick, and I'm going to disagree and say McLaren, he's going to get up, even though, like you said, Alpine has had a very consistent car and two drivers that have been able to compete for points. Um, I know Alpine and uh, McLaren both got double points today, which was very impressive. Granted, it was off the back of Ferrari just DNFing and bloody giving up two spots. But they still got points. They took advantage of the situation that was presented to them and came away uh, in the top 10. So that's good. But yeah, the only two that I would switch would be uh, McLaren, Alpine, and then Alfa Romeo. Uh, I think Bottas has been very good this year. He's been solid. And it's, it just shows how good of a driver that he continues to be even after leaving Mercedes. Now we're on to the our two number one and number two drivers of the day. So we were at a consensus for our top driver for today, and we said it was Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hamilton had a fantastic race. He brought his Mercedes up from seventh to fourth, and just an, it was an amazing drive, especially given his machinery that he had. It just it was kind of. It's strange to see him in not a championship winning car, but it kind of reminds me of the McLaren days. But it's just, it was it was interesting to see him in this state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, even, I think the biggest thing that maybe could have changed for his race today, and this is all hindsight is 2020, but when they were all pitting under the virtual safety car at the very beginning, they brought in both George Russell and Hamilton to pit and they double stacked. Uh, and that caused Hamilton to come out a couple places behind George because he was waiting to get in and get his new tires. And then he ended up coming out behind uh, Vettel and a couple other people. It was just interesting race for him. He raced a really good race, but in the end, he just came so short. Really unfortunate. He came up short. He was able to do the best that he could with his with he, his car, be and being able to overtake and get back up to fourth after he being came, dropped he, down. To he, he came up short. If you're if you're expect you're okay. Say you're Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, they're expecting to steal that third place. Are you not? Not with a twenty five second gap to your teammate coming coming in. Well. If I'm Lewis Hamilton, I say I'm saying I'm coming up short. Well, comparatively, yes, he hasn't had it, the stuff in qualifying. I don't think that he is taking anything off. But for the the driver of the day and the work that he did, and to put his McLaren up a couple spots, be able to overtake, be able to his Mercedes, <laughs> be able to take that. Uh, car and put it where it was the gap to russell was always too big yeah and he just he drove really well was able to overtake the people in front of him that he needed to uh had a little battle with sonoda and gasly both alfataris during that stand. he does not like those alfataris no he doesn't like the <laughs> alpines either he really just doesn't like anyone who slows him down <laughs> It's stopping him from com- competing because even at the beginning, the announcers on the broadcast were talking about 
what happens if Lewis gets to fourth at the beginning of the race? Are we going to see him and Russell actually duke it out because they're on the same car, same track, in race trip? What's going to happen there? I'm still I'm still waiting for the George George Hamilton battle. That's what I'm excited for. Well, you might have to wait till 2023 to <laughs> see the George Hamilton battle. So, um, yeah, we both agreed that even though apparently Nick was like, oh, Hamilton needs to do better. <laughs> we both agree that um, he had the, the best race because we were debating whether to give it to Checo as well at the beginning because of his just start off the line and to overtake Leclerc going into turn one when the race started or just for Staffen running away with it. So we did think about both of them and even Danny Rick with the team orders that I was, I'm, I know they happen in all the teams, but being able to, uh, being told to that you can't pass your teammate and then uh, complaining that your teammate's going slow. And then later on in the race when Lando was behind Dan, Daniel, he was also complaining that his team was going slow. <laughs> no one ever goes fast enough. So, yes, Hamilton is our number one driver for today. Our number two, who did we have a number two? We had Sebastian Vettel. All right. Why, why did you think that well, Vettel was number two driver? The reason why I had Sebastian Vettel was because he was very consistent all day. He, We didn't see too much of him, but... He was able to save it from bending it in the wall. He was just a consistent driver all day. He didn't stay out of trouble mostly. Got his overtakes done when he needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, Alfred, Aston Martin played the strategy really well. So to move him up. Yep. Um, and Vettel's typically performed very well at Baku. Because this was the race last year that he got disqualified for not having enough. Mm-mm. Gas in the sink. Where's the one where Botas wrecked everyone? I just, I don't know. Where was it? When I want to say it was hungry. Okay. Was it hungry? Yeah, Maybe it was hungry. hungry. Yeah, it was hungry. Okay. It was hungry. That's the one he got disqualified. For. Okay. So then, did what did he take last year? Then he got in the points. Hmm. Vettel. Mm-hmm. He came second last mm-hmm. year. Okay. And Pierre Gasly came third. Okay, so it was just a an odd race. Oh, that well, that was the that's magic the magic, tire, yeah, because um, the magic button and Verstappen also just blowing up the wheel. The the tire Pirelli conspiracy that we were talking about in our last podcast. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, he had a solid race. Um, I think there was other people that could have been chosen. Um, I think we both liked his little 180 spin, and even if he was a uh, number two driver just for that uh, that donut that he did to save, <laughs> save his car and get it back on track, we'll give Vettel the, the driver two of the day. Okay, so uh, now we're going to go down the list and in our weekly segment, what grades did the f1 drivers get today so starting off with our first dnf carlos Sainz. okay so we're going to start from the back of the grid to the front um i know like i an incomplete he was struggling to just compete with leclerc verstappen red bull uh during qualifying and then with 
another like trouble issues i can't grade him it's going to go down as a i for me because he dnf'd and he probably was in position for fourth but he just hasn't shown as much speed as leclerc in that same red bull what about you in that same red bull yes in the same ferrari i say he gets a he gets a d for me because they say there's no i in team but at a certain point when you're racing a car there's definitely an eye in team. It's like he's just not driving like he has been in years past. Like he was able to step into McLaren, step into Ferrari his first year, and just, you know, put in good results, put in podiums, put in no race wins, but put in good results. Mm-hmm. And he just hasn't been able to do that in Ferrari. Well, that's one thing that they've been talking about it Carlos signed specifically, but because Leclerc is just a better driver and can get more out of the car, he can take a bat like a worse car and make it better and improve that. But when you have the straight line speed and a car that can be at the top, do you have that extra gear, that extra couple of kilometers that you can those tenths that you can cut off a lap and take it around the track quicker? Mm-hmm. And so far, Carlos hasn't been able to. Mm-mm. prove that with ferrari no and then charles leclerc um i he was doing so well before he dnf um i'm going to give him a a b i give him a c wasn't 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 able to defend off the line um first happened had a big lockup and going into turn one um whenever he got the race he somehow ended up in 19th place. Well, if you're not first, you're last. Um, All right, according to the great. Well, you can. I was drunk and high when I said that. You can be second. You can be third. Hell, you can even get 10, 10th and still get a point in F1. You ain't first, you're last. All right. Well, the, so... the, the, the American is coming out in you. <laughs> Leclerc just blew up, literally and figuratively. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, on, to, on to the next. On to the next. One Joe. Um, I didn't see a lot of his race. I'm, I'm going to go uh, not available in NA. <laughs> I'm gonna go B because he was moving his way up from the pack, like in the pack, starting in a cool fifteenth. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he no fourteenth. Botas. But he was in 14th in qualifying, and he made his way into the top 10. I think his top was 8, but he he was putting together a solid race, and then all of a sudden, he blew up. Mm-hmm. Literally and figuratively. Yes. His car engine started smoking, and your your boy, Guanzhou Yu, just... Next up. Fluttered away. Next up, Kevin Magnuson. Also a DNF. I'm going to go a incomplete because he was racing a decent race at the beginning was in the top 10 for a little bit there but his car his car engine the story of the day is that the car engine's just blowing up so uh yeah uh, i for me i wonder what the overall problem with it is because like with the red bulls it was fuel leaks mm-hmm. but this one i'm curious yeah, we'll have to see. I'll keep my eyes peeled to Driver 61 oh. and my other and scarves to break down what has happened. I'll, I'll keep my eye on the race. On the, the race, yeah. 
Anyways, next. I but him... as soon as soon as we know what's going on, we will be the first to bring it to you. Probably not the first. Yeah, I mean, we will, <laughs> we'll, we'll hear it. We'll hear it from then, the first and then give it. And then we'll transfer it over to you as soon as we understand. I go to the moon. Um, next up, another DNF, Lance Stroll. Um, I give him a D minus for this week. He crashed out into qualifying, which was one of the oddest crashes that I've seen because he hit the barrier <laughs> and then started to drive away. And then it was few... so nice. I had to do it twice. Do it twice. <sighs> yes, and then a few meters uh, away, his front end just fell off. So a D minus for him. It was just it was <laughs> he D, he DNF'd. Yeah, no. How did he DNF? Hydraulic leak. Okay, so he had another engine. Problem. Yeah, that was a Mercedes engine though. Yeah, but he also hasn't replaced any parts in his engine. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think he may have taken the gearbox, but that's pretty much it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so mine was a D minus. What mm -hmm. are you giving Stroll for this weekend? An F. Money can only daddy's money can only buy you so much. But, I mean, it can buy you lots of front wings, but, I mean, after that... Yeah, they're going to be struggling to stay underneath the cost cap. And we'll see what happens with the cost cap coming up, because there's been a lot of rumblings around the paddocks on what's going to be included and what the budget cap is with crashes, with R&D, and I, I need to look more into it to give a... to understand a, a much more in what the f1 teams are able to do because right now it just sounds like there's the pool of money the 150 uh million that they have to spend correct mm -hmm. and they can use that on whatever they want so mm -hmm. there's no like divisions that are laid out by the fia mm -hmm. but um yeah we'll see if they they raise it or well, not here ironically finishing in 15th with 15 seconds worth of penalties the big blue Gotifi. Yeah, Latifi, I'm going to give him an F because he he got a 10 second stop and go for uh, ignoring a blue flag again this week, which I don't know what's going through Latifi's head because he's a back a back marker on the, uh, the No, I, I swear he's fighting for the world championship. Yeah, yes, in his head, he's fighting <laughs> for the world championship against Mick Schumacher, who's the next person on the list that also can't get any performance out of their car. And both of their teammates are showing that it is possible, but they're just both struggling to do it. So Latifi, he's, I don't know what's going through his mind, but he, he gets an F for me because uh, he did that same stunt in Monaco when he was holding up the, the line there. Um, so for uh, just ignoring a blue flag alone and not letting the lead cars go through, he's going to get an F for me. He's going to get an X for me because he missed. So, okay. So there, there's, there's certain standards that I hold F1 drivers to like things that every F1 driver should be able to do and lining up in your grid spot should be a thing that you should do. He lined up outside of his grid spot and got a 10 second stop and go penalty. True. Yeah, you didn't see Italian <laughs> Jesus doing that for Alpha Romeo last year. Oh my. But it's just 
that and then you're not fighting for the world championship dude just just pull off just let them let them go by it's, you're not you're not losing any time to who Casper the ghost of Nico Rosberg yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he saw saw the DNFs in the his review and he was like oh cool I have my best finish of the the year at 15 oh gosh he did <laughs> It's like uh, Nikita Mazepin in the <laughs> Drive to Survive series when they hyped him up in Russia. And then they were like, oh, you you beat uh, Latifi and someone else. And uh, you go back and look at the, the actual race results. And DNF, he did, DNF, DNF. He did come in 18, but there was also two DNFs right behind him. So, so mm-hmm. on to who we just talked about. Nick Schumacher. What are you giving me? D. You got to get performance out of the car. You're when your teammates running up in the points, you have to be able to get performance out of a car. It's just, it's embarrassing. Yeah. D minus for me, um, for the same reasons, like, like you just said, they, he needs to be able to get the performance that Magnuson's doing and he's just not there right now. I mean, and it's your second season in formula one. I know he's a late bloomer, like he won f2 a second year but still i just i don't think you can continue to because his is his contract up after this year i think he has one more like uh, that's just it's just sad like you wouldn't hope that he would get better it's not it's not pulling up okay you you would just hope that he would get better and it just it just doesn't seem to be happening <laughs> yeah so we'll see. Maybe he just has a little bit more Ralph in him than Michael. Don't say that. That's mean. <laughs> well, hey, hey, Ralph actually was a good. He was he was a good midfield driver. He would finish. He would finish in the points consistently. Yeah. Well, hopefully he's able to recreate his F three and F two because he did perform well and. F2. He won the F2 championship, correct? In he his did. second year. He did, he did. So he has the pace in him. He just needs to... I, I know there's a lot of pressure on him, and he's probably not listening to this podcast, but <laughs> we're putting pressure on him. But it's also because he won Mick, the Mick, if you're listening to this, I know you're probably not, but I believe in you. Yes. Kill and him, if you, we We both believe in you. We both want you to do well. And if you do do well, send us some some hot stuff and we'll send you some box box gear in exchange so if anyone's listening and knows nick send them along that podcast and this podcast in the world tell them to go to minute 41 yeah all right so uh moving on from mick uh yuki sonoda sonoda i'm going to give him a a B plus. I'm gonna give him an. I'm gonna give him an A minus. Right. Why do you give him an A minus versus a B plus? He was there. Like he was in the points. He was doing what should be done with that Alphatari. He started well. He was able to defend his position well. Just a good race from him, and he was on for a good top ten finish. And it just unlucky. Like there's nothing you could do about it. Yeah, just his mirror rear wing braking is it's tough so um yeah b plus i thought he had a solid drive the alfataris both looked really fast on the straights and it was a track that suited them 
So uh, overall solid and it's good to see him actually racing because I know he had come in with a lot of hype and being one of the quickest drivers just in the world, it's good to see in year two, he is starting to put it all together. Mm -hmm. Number 12, Alex Albon. Um, I didn't see much of the his I race. I did not see him much either. He was not broadcast a lot. Um, so I'm just going to give him a a scene. It was average. I know the final thing says that he came in 12th. Um, but yeah, C, because I, I don't really know what else to give him. I give him a C because I didn't see him that much. F1's TV broadcast did not... Was not on the Albon hype training. No, no love. They they dropped him just like Red Bull dropped him. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> too soon. Too soon. <laughs> um. Next up is Valtteri Bottas. Ah, uh, so close to getting into the points. I'm going to give him a B, just because I like Valtteri and that Italian livery was really dope this week. So, uh, B for me. I thought he did solid coming into the points. Um, I'm sure the Alfa Romeo uh, pit was telling him all about his engine and just making sure that it was <laughs> drivable and that he could get it in. But uh, a solid, solid race and just narrowly got outside the points. It was a good race. I mean, solid B performance. I mean, I didn't see too much overtakes from him. I saw him get passed. Mm -hmm. Just solid, solid race. Okay. So, number uh, 10. Istibon Ukon. Yes. So, since he's tall, his back probably is hurting a lot from the porpoising. I don't know how much porpoising Alpine's doing, but they looked uh, very quick today. And the announcers were mentioning that all weekend on how fast just Alpine looked in general. Um, so, I'm going to give him a... We'll give him a B because he did get one point for Alpine. What about you? Oh. Anyways. Yeah, did you get that last sip out of your, <laughs> your drink? Yes. Um, Alpine, decent race. Looked fast all weekend. B+. Plus. He was able to put the car where it needed to be. Able to fight his battles and somewhat match his teammate. Mm -hmm. Now, on to a big, a big ticker topic. Number nine. Lando Norris. Yeah, we can just do both nine and eight. Oh yeah, we're gonna do nine and eight together, which was Lando Norris and Daniel Ricardo. Yeah, so um, for both the McLarens, they got into the points this week, um, which was good for them and just good for the constructors. But looking into the paddock, there's probably a lot of um, animosity or like there's there's tensions i'll say it that way there's tensions rising in the mclaren paddock because danny knows that he needs to start performing and doing well um, because his contract is up for debate in 2023 i don't think that he gets cut mid-season i think that's really hard to do because from what i've heard it sounds like the ricardo contract is ricardo friendly versus mclaren friendly so i don't think that he gets sacked at the mid-season but after the season's over that's when i think a lot of the questions are going to start popping up so uh, with their squabbling at the beginning and end of the race i'm going to give 
Lando a B minus, and then uh, Ricardo a B plus for this week. Drive to Survive is going to have a field day with this race. Anyways. Yeah, we'll see if they actually do it justice. <laughs> um, I give Norris a D. Mm-hmm. He was inside the points, but squabbling like a child whenever he didn't get his way. It shows you his character. I mean, because Ricardo, Ricardo was holding off every was holding off Pierre Gasly for a long time that so Norris could have a shot at taking oh Albon Alonzo yes and as soon as Ricardo got his shot and he was pressing up he got within a second I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure for a couple laps but Norris was like two seconds behind him he was like we need to swap places Dino's ahead of this just no, yeah. not right well, I mean, he did catch up at the very end, and he probably could have overtaken Ricardo at the end. At the end, so he did follow team orders, uh, coming down that straight with with he was within a second of Danny Rick coming down the straight. It was a far second. He wasn't gonna get him. Oh, with DRS, there is a there chance was no that way. they they would have been drag racing to the to the end. I like Norris did follow team orders though, so. Um, they said that they did the same for Danny Rick at the beginning, and then uh, they were going to swap that at the end. So mm-hmm. I'm just glad that it happened, but there seems to be a lot of uh, tension and uh, tension building in that McLaren paddock. So a D for, you said, for Norris, and then what are you giving Danny? C minus. Okay. Better race, but nowhere near he could where he could be. Because mm-hmm. if both Ferraris finish, then you have uh, Norris out of the points and Ricardo at 10. ten. So that's just unfortunate. All right, uh, six and seven. Six and seven were the two old timers, Sebastian Vettel and Fernando Alonso. I don't know why, but I've been picturing his name. It's all good. Alpine, Alonso, Akon. There's a lot of vowels in there, so it's. Yeah. it's it, I I get stuffed up on them too. For Alonso, I'm giving him a solid A minus. Good race. He was looking fast all weekend. Not where he needed to be. Like mm-hmm. he could have he could have stolen a fifth or sixth, but that's still an amazing finish. Um, mm-hmm. Really good job today. Yep. And Vettel. Vettel, he gets. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a B plus. A B plus, and he's your number two driver of the day. Um, a, 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 just an A. Okay. But I don't want you to grade inflate just because. Well, he's driving a. How do I put this? Uh, a, a bot like. I want to say that I. He's driving my Volkswagen Jetta. Yeah, there, with uh, with an engine problem. Engine he's not problem. Yes. he's not driving a good car. So the fact that he's able to put it well inside the top ten is very impressive. Yes. So I'm going to give Alonzo a a minus and then Vettel uh, a solid A because, like you just mentioned, he's bringing a clunker up to the number six. Got a decent points today. Uh, coming away with eight of them and that's huge for aston martin so and that's another just driver pair he i think stroll is in that conversation with mick and latifi of just not being able to um 
he's in that conversation with Latifi and Mick Schumacher of not being able to compete with his his driving partner. Yeah. So both of them get A's, but uh, Vettel a slightly higher A. Next up is Pia Gasly. <laughs> uh, Pierre, I think he yeah solid A. Um, he raced well today. Their strategy was on point. That AlphaTauri looked really strong this entire weekend. So solid A coming away with fifth and ten points. I mean, like I said to you, like while we were like while we were watching the race, I was like, when Pierre passed Daniel Ricardo, I was like, he's passing for the seat. <laughs> and, um, I don't know. I, he, he gets an A from me. A good weekend, good qualifying, good race pace. He was able to overtake when he needed to keep his nose out of the wall. Great race. Yeah. Um, I mean, are you going to leave AlphaTauri and go back down the grid with McLaren? Back down the grid? Yeah. Uh, AlphaTauri did better than both McLarens this week. Well, yeah, but that's just one race. And he's still, he's never going to fight for a world championship in an AlphaTauri. He could fight for, say McLaren gets their stuff together next year. They could fight for a world championship. Yeah, you you are correct. They could. We'll we'll see what happens. And he becomes he becomes a free becomes a free person mm-hmm. out of the Red Bull clunker. Mm-hmm. Or he could join Alpine and bring them back and join his a French. French uh, oh, a double French two pairing. French pairings in a French car, winning the French Grand Prix. Well, wild speculations from the Box Box Brothers, but <laughs> you heard yeah. it here first. Isn't he signed on the race till like twenty five though? With uh, Alpha? No, um, and Alonso. No, Alonso hasn't signed a new contract. His contract is at, up at the end of the year. I say he retires. Yes, I I think he should retire, or he goes and races NASCAR. Well, I think they should bring in Piastri. Because he's their their best hope as the future, and he's going to put Akon in that Lance Stroll Mick Schumacher uh, battle because I think he's just going to be that much better than Esteban. Uh, Nick Debris killing in Formula E, actually. Yeah, but he's Mercedes. He isn't Alpine. Well, yeah. He DeFries might go take that that Williams spot after Latifi gets sacked after the season. So we'll see about that. He's I'm pretty sure he's won a world championship in Formula E. Yeah, I mean he's a good driver. No, that was Jack Ankin. Oh okay. But is yeah. he another Merc? Yeah, person? he is he is another Merc person. But see Red Bull Red Bull puts their people in F one. Merc has world champions just sitting in other sports. No, we'll, we'll see. I think he, Nick DeFries, possibly takes that little spot next year. Next up is Hamilton and Russell. Alright, so both Mercedes drivers, I'm going to give uh, George and Hamilton an A. Uh, Hamilton's going to get a uh, 90, 95. Very solid A out of a uh, 100. Um, just for his drive and being able to bring it back up the grid. George is going to get a 94, just, and that's because he didn't really have to do much. He started uh, fifth on the grid, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he started fifth on the grid 
and was able to maintain that spot and then take advantage once both Ferraris got DNF'd. So that's that's my pick for um, or my grades for Hamilton and George. Yeah. All right. So both A minuses. I just not not where McLaren sh- Mark should be. Mark should be fighting for a world championship. Well, that's because they're struggling. They're still trying to understand all of their engineering and technical issues to bring them back up onto the grid. You win set. You win eight world constructors titles in a row. You you better know how to manage team. What's your rebuttal to Red Bull uh, winning four in a row with Vettel and then struggling? They let go of Steiner. Oh, is that, is that what happened? <laughs> Alright, well I guess Merck needs to bring on they just need a clone Gunter and then you can Steiner. Then you can bring uh, one Gunter to Ferrari to fix their problems and then you can bring one to Mercedes and you can fix their forfeiting. <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. And then one, two, one. Sergio Perez and Max Vistapan. Um, I'm going to give. Uh, we'll start with number two. Checo is a an A. I thought he did a solid race. I'm going to give him a 96. And then just with the speed today, Verstappen had a quiet weekend. Uh, quiet qualifying going third fastest but then in that race trim he was able to pick up the pace drive really fast on those tires and he was patient and that's i think the experience of battling hamilton last year for the world title he just knows how to defend knows how to defend but knows how to be patient so he even after checo had won in monte carlo uh, he wasn't freaking out and yeah. he was much more controlled. Uh, I know his father, Joost Verstappen, was freaking out, but it, it, he, I think he's. He's much more, he's a much more mature driver. Yeah, and that's, that's the dangerous part with Max. And as he becomes a more mature driver and knows what it takes to win and do just the boring things, he'll take a third some weekends because he knows that over the course of the 22 race season, he's going to 23, 23 race season. He's going to be faster than Checo in a majority of them. So those are, and so I guess, 97 98 for me so he did outperform Checo. Checo still does have a fighting shot at the world championship <laughs> especially if a max dnf happens you never know yes but if it's a straight up to straight battle head to head i think Verstappen wins at eight years out of ten yeah so uh more like more like uh nine more like six or more like seven out, out of, of ten races. How many does Checo now that he's racing more confidently? How much does Checo win compared to Max? If Checo has a monster season, he could win a world championship, but everything would have to go perfect for him. No, no, no. I'm just saying, um, not world championship, not with other drivers on the the track. If it was just a straight race between those two over a normal course and you just had Verstappen and Checo how many out of 10 races how many does Checo win and how many does Max win I say Max wins 7 out of 10 okay 
Sergio has the consistency to win, but just there's just a killer in mm -hmm. Max. That's just different from others. Yeah. That's why he wears that tiger on his head. It's actually a lion. Lion. That's why he wears that big cat on his head. Happy now? Yeah. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so those are our driver's rankings for the week. Um, now rounding it out, uh, closing thoughts on this race at Baku. It's a good race. A bit boring at some times, but an overall a good, good race. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was entertaining, uh, especially with five DNFs this week. So it was, I was very, I was entertained by this this race it was sad to see both ferraris go out and to see checo just lose that pace and then get a little bit back as his tires um came back at the end of the thing but by that max was already 20 seconds ahead and mm -hmm. was too far to catch but um it's going to be an interesting race uh next week in montreal um so that's only a week away Vettel's so. Vettel's second home yes Vettel's second home so it's only a week away. You'll hear our voices in your ear holes. Uh, you said that creepily. You'll you'll hear our voices in your ear holes. Yes, and totally in their it. ear holes, they're going to hear our voices talking. Um, we'll uh, have a new podcast coming through soon uh, with that preview and a post race afterwards. So um, until next time, thanks for listening. Go to all of our pages. We can now be found on Spotify. And Instagram. And Instagram at BoxBoxBros4. Um, and anywhere that you listen to your podcast. So thanks again. And that's all from me. See you next week. Peace. Box, 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 box.